Support for the MPTE Clinical Files comes from the PT Hustle. Have you failed the MPTE more than once and are you a bad test taker? The PT Hustle is the leading NPTE preparation company that specializes in one-on-one -on -one coaching for physical therapists who have failed the MPTE. The PT Hustle focuses on helping students figure out why they are failing and then work with each student one-on-one, -on -one, week by week, to achieve a passing score fast. So forget about the constant frustration of not being able to get over a 600. Sign up for your first evaluation today to finally figure out why you are not passing. Sign up at www.thepthustle.com. Again, that is www.thepthustle.com. The PT Hustle. Identify. Execute. Dominate. The MPTE Clinical Files is intended to be used as a learning resource for unlicensed physical therapists preparing for the National Physical Therapy Examination. The MPTE Clinical Files is intended literally for entertainment and educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based on only one source. Therefore, this podcast should not be used as the sole source of personal, clinical, legal, or medical advice. While care has been taken to ensure the accuracy of all answers and rationales, on a rare occasion, mistakes and factual errors can be present, as we are only human. From the creator of the PT Hustle, this is MPTE Clinical Files, one mock MPTE-based question told and solved week by week. Thank you for tuning in to the NPTE Clinical Files. My name is Kyle Rice, the NPTE Prep Coach, the founder of the PT Hustle, and the creator of the NPTE Prep Success Course 2.0. If you haven't already joined the free Facebook group called Smart NPTE Prep, you need to do so today. Each and every week, we go through tips, tricks, and strategies to boost your NPTE score and to improve your overall NPTE preparation. So join Smart NPTE Prep today, and I will get you in. All right, so for our next NPTE clinical file, our patient's name is Daniel. And Daniel is a 17-year-old male who fell off of a ladder eight weeks ago. The patient is seen by physical therapy for rehabilitation following a comminuted fracture of his proximal tibia. Before the evaluation, the therapist was informed that the patient has a severed left common peroneal nerve that he suffered in the fall. Which of the following needle EMG readings is the most likely to be found for his resting anterior tibialis muscle? All right, and so we have the answer choices. A, spontaneous fibrillation potentials. B, nascent polyphasic potentials. C, electrical silence. Or D, biphasic activity. All right, so when we look through this question, we see that Daniel, he's a 17-year-old male, fell off a ladder eight weeks ago. He's now coming into physical therapy, has this comminuted fracture. Um, if you're unfamiliar with a comminuted fracture, that's going to be, you know, where the bone breaks. It usually splinters into multiple pieces, usually more than two. And so when that happens, especially to something like the proximal tibia, uh, we're at risk of damaging the blood supply in the area, the nerve supply, um, and also the muscles in the related area. So keeping that in mind as we're moving through this question. And so as we move along, it says before the evaluation, the therapist was informed that the patient 
has a severed left common peroneal nerve. All right, so he has this left severed common peroneal nerve. We would expect that with a proximal tibial uh, comminuted fracture. That makes a lot of sense. We need to also start recalling that common peroneal nerve does. Uh, muscles, does it supply? Does it supply the anterior tibialis? Is that a part of it? And, and the answer to that is yes, the common peroneal nerve does supply the anterior tibialis, all right? And so as we lead into the final part of this question, Question, the question stem, it says, which of the following needle EMG readings is the most likely to be found for his resting anterior tib muscle? Before we really get into these answer sources and we really start dissecting them, it's really important for you to slow down a little bit and think about needle EMG. What is the purpose of needle EMG? What are we trying to really find with this specific device? And so the EMG is really there for us to measure some type of bioelectrical activity as it relates to the nerves and the muscle tissue. And that could be when the muscle is either contracting volitionally or the muscles at rest. Either way, you know, we're looking at that bioelectrical activity to see if there's any abnormalities. All right, that's what we're using the needle EMG for. Now, there are going to be these specific readings, both normal and abnormal that we need to be aware of in order to get questions like this correct. So you should be asking yourself, what is normal for a resting muscle if we're doing a needle EMG? What would we expect to see? So let's go ahead and dive into these answer choices and dissect them. The first one, we have spontaneous fibrillation potentials. That's A. All right, and so spontaneous fibrillation potentials are just these bursts of electrical activity in a muscle that has lost its innervation. So if a nerve gets severed in some form or if there's a traction injury, what have you, that could cause these spontaneous fibrillation potentials. That fits very well with the question, all right, and what they're saying, the nerve was severed, the muscle has lost its innervation, and therefore we're getting these spontaneous fibrillation potentials. Makes sense. All right, let's go on to B. B says nascent polyphasic potentials. Now, nascent polyphasic potentials are a special type of polyphasic potential, and it is characterized by electrical activity that is seen only during the early phases of reinnervation. So the nerve is re uh, re the muscle, the nerve is regenerating, and now we're starting to see this activity. Here's the deal. Po these polyphasic potentials are going to be present when the muscle's actually contracting. When your patient, the subject who's getting this EMG, is actually contracting the muscle tissue, that is where you'll see nascent polyphasic potentials. In the question here, it says that the patient is resting. So B is definitely not something that we're going to see because, again, that is what happens when you contract the muscle, okay? And so B is not a good answer. Let's move on to C. C is electrical silence. Now, at rest, the normal state of the motor unit and the muscle fibers is complete electrical silence. We expect to see that. So this patient at rest... You know, if we did a needle EMG for someone who had no problems at all with their nerves, had no accident, had no severance of the nerve, we would expect to see electrical silence at rest. However, in this specific question, we see that the patient has the severed left common peroneal 
And so we would not expect that electrical silence. We are going to expect those spontaneous fibrillation potentials. That's more likely. Let's look at the last answer, D. D says biphasic activity. Now, biphasic activity is actually normal. Um, but here's the deal. Biphasic activity is what you're going to see again when the patient is actually contracting while you're measuring them with the needle EMG. All right. And so when we really look back at our answer set, A, B, C, and D, B and D, those two answers are only going to be present really when the patient is actually contracting the muscle. So we can eliminate B and D very easily. All right. It really would come down to A and C. And C, electrical silence, is what we would expect of a, a normal resting anterior tibialis. But we know that this is a, not a normal situation. And therefore, C can also be eliminated, leaving our final answer of A, spontaneous fibrillation potentials. Now, if you got this question right, congratulations. I always used to get EMG questions wrong. This was always an area that was very kind of far-fetched for me, you know, as far as being able to understand the topics and take myself to the next level and be able to, you know, understand them and answer this question correctly. So if you got this question correct, congratulations. This is huge. If you were like me and didn't get this question right, that's okay. Now you are familiar with needle EMG. You know why we use it. You also know four major types of EMG readings that you would see if a person was normal or if a person was abnormal. And so definitely continue to challenge yourself each and every day, especially with EMG. Challenge yourself with questions of what if the muscle actually had ischemia or any type of true muscle damage and scar tissue, would I still expect to see the same things on the needle EMG? This is the level of questioning that is gonna take you to the next level and is gonna allow you to dominate your next NPTE. I cannot wait for the next NPTE clinical file coming out this Friday. So tune in, have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to the MPTE Clinical Files. Support for the MPTE Clinical Files is provided by the PT Hustle. Have you failed the MPTE? What are you going to do differently this time to get a different result? You should try one-on-one -on -one coaching in order to get you the direction and structure that you need to be successful. Stop guessing whether you're going to pass on your next attempt. Sign up for an in-depth MPTE evaluation today to figure out the quickest way to passing the boards. Sign up at thepthustle.com forward slash services. Again, that is thepthustle.com forward slash services.